0: Welcome to Kingdom Testimony. It is Monday, April 25th, 2022. Can you believe? It's going to be May pretty soon. Wow. Alright. I know we say that every year. Okay. December 1st, 2018. Continuing in the series, I think I might have said before, um, this is going to go until... May of 2019, so we have six months, but some of it may go quick. Um, December was a wow month, so that one we're going to do some focusing on and <clears throat> should get it all done today because we can hop right over toward the middle of the month, but December, this is when we had been in um, the new house for about a week or so. We had gotten back from Israel in October, November. We moved into the house out in the country. Um, We knew we were gonna get the grandkids. Um, And let's see. Um, December 1st, I woke up and I was hearing a new song about the gifts. Shout for joy, shout for peace, shout for heaven, shout for love. And then I had a vision of an invitation for um, those that God wanted to have a special meeting with. Okay. And then the Lord said after that, My job is just to maintain his presence. He does the rest. All right. So let's see where we're at. Um, Just going through, I'll be at the end of this. At the end of this uh, book here, pretty soon, this notebook, December 3rd, I had a dream that I was walking on frozen water during a lightning storm. That's all I wrote. All right. And I kept writing, these are the days of Elijah. And the house we moved into, like I said, it needed a lot of work. We were getting a lot done. Um, There was a very deep basement and you could see where there had been water damage. Now, this is in North Dakota. Um, old houses, very typical for the basements to have water damage. So we were putting in subfloors. And I remember the laundry area being in the basement. We had that up on a subfloor. <clears throat> and I remember praising down there to that song on YouTube, these are the days of Elijah. Um, And I had a vision, kept seeing small groves of trees that were colored like fall, but it wasn't fall anywhere else. I heard oaks of righteousness all standing together, some very tall, mostly deep orangey to light red, some regular red, but not a deep red, slight variations, like after the yellow has turned to orange. So that is what I saw. Um, and then the Lord working on me to crucify my pride. Okay, yes, that definitely has to go. All right, so let's go on to the next notebook of December 6th. All right, the Lord is pointing out to me, Don't fear your circumstances or the seemed evil or danger. Fear him uh, You have had some old stripped off you this is new raw bear you would face this before now I am your refuge fear me Then <clears throat> that is what he was saying to me Um december eighth Um I'm preparing for Christmas <clears throat> And I remember that we found out that we were going to have the kids for Christmas. And I think I had mentioned that before. I had a vision that reminded me of an ark, a big box, alighting vehemently with bright orange fire from the inside out. I could see it in diagonal lines. The fire has to come out it's too fierce i could see it burning through those lines it was consumed in seconds december 9th another vision a quick vision glittering wings the wings are dark but the glitter is like stars it illuminates the wings they are they are there okay All right. Let's see. December 10th, he said, don't think of my church as a social club. They don't exist to please you. Boy, isn't that the truth. So I want to give you a little bit of... a visual of the scene I'm living in an old farmhouse like I said it's two story there's three bedrooms upstairs one is really small and so I thought I'll use that one as an office then there was a pink bigger bedroom and a blue a little bit smaller bedroom and I thought well that's perfect for when the kids come so two girls will go in the pink room upstairs and then the boy The youngest, seven, will go in the smaller blue room, and that'll be right next to my office. I spent a lot of time in my office, of course. Um, And I still had not gone back to work. I was, because of the trip and the move and then getting the kids, I had asked them for an extended leave of absence. So this is from August, September, October, November, December. And they were kind enough to give it to me. She said, just let me know when you need to come back. We'll have all the part-timers cover your position. I was full-time. Um, so I'm, I'm, we're still trying to figure out how long we're going to have the kids. Um, I was an hour from Fargo, so it was really difficult for me to take care of the kids, get them enrolled in school, and go to meetings and things like that. But I did tell them that I could handle cases that were in the local county, which was close to me. And I th- i believe I did do some of those. I can't quite remember. No, I did not, I, I did not. I had before, but that was a, a small town um, courthouse, one of those big courthouses, big stone ones and beautiful ones. Um, December 12th, <clears throat> but its but it's North Dakota and it's December and it's really snowy outside. We had never seen this place with leaves on the trees. We moved in um, at at Thanksgiving, so I was dying to see this place in full bloom in the spring, but at the time, I thought, this is beautiful. There's a silo. We have this two-story old house. Oh yeah, there's a bathroom upstairs, and then downstairs, of course, was the other regular living areas, and then another bedroom that we, that me and my husband had downstairs. And then the deep basement, you know, and and then there was two or three outbuildings, and one of them was packed full of junk. But to me, I was we made a deal with the guy who was quite elderly. We're like, okay, we'll settle on this price, and you can just leave everything here if you want, because he didn't have time to get everything out. To me, that was a treasure trove. I wanted to go digging through everything. Okay, midnight December twelfth. I woke up. I heard the Lord say it wasn't right. And I th- I wrote down why I'm here in this house like the other house, three kids. I was very puzzled over that. It wasn't right. And I knew it had something to do with with the grandkids coming and I thought maybe he's talking about what their situation was. So um I couldn't quite figure that part out. December 13th, the next day, the Lord Jesus, I was laying down, 1 a.m., was going to lay some of his end-time army decisions on me, and I couldn't take it. It was too heavy. I felt almost nauseous from the enormity and weight and awesomeness of it. And then I heard him say, what shall we do? Um, and be more Okay, I, I just wasn't understanding where the Lord was going. And then a little while later, he said, no worrying. All right. Um, let's see. Now let me skip ahead. I'm not really seeing much. So we'll get to where the kids come. Okay, December 17th, we got the kids um, the night before at 11pm. And how that came about is we were going to have them for Christmas. And then their grandma who had been taking care of them had fallen ill. So she called or she had her sister call. She had her sister call who lived north of us about two hours up by the Canadian border and said, can you come and get the kids? And we said, sure. Yeah, that's, that's not a problem. Well, um, we ran up there and, and in the meantime, we had contacted an attorney who lived up there because we thought, that's where the kids were gonna be until Christmas. So we had contacted an attorney up there and told her, I think we might need some paperwork because they were in the system in North Dakota and then again in Montana and now they're back here. I think we need some paperwork. And of course that was the job I had so I knew how a lot of it went. And she said, yeah, it's gonna be difficult to get a hearing this close to Christmas and get all of this done, but let's give it a shot. Let's write up some paperwork. We'll get it notarized, and then that will be presented to um, the juvenile court judge uh, Monday morning. So I think this was like a Saturday. So we ran up there 11 o'clock at night, and we got the kids, and we brought them back and set up their rooms and showed them everywhere where they're going to be staying, and they were like, oh wow so you know they saw they saw all this stuff and they're like this is a cool house Um, so that was the 17th so three days later um, three days later now I have to pull out this other note because December 20th We were notified that we needed to do an emergency shelter care. And I I have to leave out some of the details. But the kids' dad wanted to pick up the kids. And he said, I still have custody because they're back in North Dakota. So I called the attorney and she said, no, it doesn't work that way. We had the Montana thing. So late in the evening, um, our attorney called and she said, I think what you should do is, since the kids were supposed to be up here in this county, up by Canada, North Dakota, is we need for you to settle the paperwork up here, because that was their agreed upon place, and then we can transfer it to your county she said can you come up here it was around supper time. she said can you come up here with the kids we'll get the paperwork signed and all of that i mean we could have fedexed it but we felt an urgency so we're like yeah we can do it and then on the way out the door i'm like should we leave the dog here i had a little elderly dog um like really elderly and i am like no we better take her with Let's just take her with. So we loaded everybody up, no changes of clothing, pajamas on all the kids. And we headed up north. We got about 10 miles from the house, and their dad called. And he said, I have the sheriff with me right now, and you are ordered to hand over the kids. Well, the kids started crying. And because it was on speakerphone and I'm like telling my husband, shut it off with speakerphone. So he shut it off. And I looked back at the oldest one and she, she was like 13. And I said, what do you think? And she said, no, because she had some bad memories and hadn't been with them for a couple years. In the meantime, we found out there were some things they were investigating And social services wanted to finish their investigation. And that's why they wanted the temporary guardianship. And so we're like, we don't know what's going on. So we had to tell the dad, no, um, right now we're not at home. And we are, we, we have drawn up the paperwork to get um, the guardianship done until the social services can figure out this mess. He was extremely angry and we were somehow he found out that we were on our way up to the very very north of north dakota we were like 20 miles south of the border to get this stuff done i think he found out because that was where our attorney was and he had that information so anyway so we headed up there and We talked to our attorney, it was like eight o'clock at night, and she said, why don't you stay up here and we will have the court hearing in the morning. And so we were like, okay, we will do that. And so we went to a local Walmart and we all got a change of clothing for the next day because we were thinking there was gonna be a hearing. We can't go in like pajamas and sweats and whatever. So we got to change of clothing. In the meantime, we got another call saying that you are being charged with kidnapping. And so we're like, what? So we called our attorney back and she said, no, that's not how it works. But I will set you up in a hotel under my name. Let me, let me just get a hotel and I'll put it in my name. And you guys, I'll, I'll even pay for it. And you guys go there. You can just pay me back later. So we did that. Then we got to that hotel. And I don't know how he was being tipped off. But I went down to the to the front desk. And I was talking to the lady at the front desk. And she said, they're calling around local hotels to see where you guys are. And I'm like, no. No legally this is our right there is no custody because montana interrupted the last order so these kids have no custodian because their grandmother my husband's ex dropped hers she she voided it basically by bringing them to north dakota and dropping them off so it was a huge huge mess finally I called the sheriff's office and explained the situation. I didn't tell him where we were. Um, We were using a friend, borrowed a friend's cell phone. and, And he said, no, no, we've been in contact with him. We told him he does not have a custody order in effect. What you guys are doing is right on. You need to keep those kids overnight and we'll get it taken care of in the morning. But the kids' dad was in a different county and told them a different lie, a different story. And so they were, that county sheriff's department was looking for us as if we had kidnapped um, his kids. So we went from that hotel to a different one in a bigger city for overnight. Um, the next night, because we couldn't, the judge was gone. That's what the deal was. The judge was gone for for the holiday. He wasn't going to be back till the day after Christmas. So we had, we're like four days. We're like, okay, we're like running from the law and shouldn't be. So <clears throat> we got to the next hotel. Um, we got the paperwork filled out, notarized. The next morning I went down to the front desk, I kid you not. I went down to the front desk and I said, I need to fax this. And she was on the phone Well, she looked at me and I was like, I just have a fax. And she nodded. So she was on the phone. I'm holding the paperwork and she's talking to this guy on the phone and she's like, I'm um, an older couple with three kids. No, this is a big hotel. I don't know if they're here or not and I just looked at her and I said I'll come back later he was on the phone calling all the hotels still trying to find us so I went upstairs and I said we need to go and so I went to a mall and faxed it well I went into this mall office and I said I have these documents it was like 20 pages and can you fax it for me right away? And I will wait for the confirmation. She's like, sure, sure. So she faxed it. Doo doo. She's doing about her business. I'm freaking out because I'm all right next door to the hotel. But we had to get it faxed in in case they could get us an emergency shelter care. And I didn't realize that I only had some dollar bills in my pocket. And she came out and I was like, um, how much is that going to cost? And she said, uh, let, we'll just say $11. I pulled out the money out of my pocket. I had exactly $11 and gave it to her. I mean, God's was hand was on this the whole way. So we got outside. We took the kids through the mall just to make it feel like, okay, this is Christmas. You know, let's, let's get some stuff and let's go. So the attorney got the paperwork and she said, why don't you guys come to this to the town I'm living in, this little tiny town. And um, oh that's when it was that she set us up with a hotel room in her name. And then she said, okay, you guys need to keep moving because the judge can't hear the case until after Christmas and you still got three days to go. So um, yeah I mean you can stay here, but I, I would I would advise moving. Because we don't know which um, police know the real truth and which ones. Because he was still looking for us. He was still looking. And the kids were scared. The kids were scared. The last time they were with dad, very bad things happened. So anyway, the last thing that happened is we went to um, Kevin's ex-wife's sister's place. And she said, "We know of a place where it's it's set up just for hunters during hunting season, but it's closed down right now." Um, and it was a it was an old schoolhouse. and she said, you, "You know we can you guys can go there." So we went there, and the kids had the run of the cafeteria, we had It was so funny because they're standing there and they're like, the guy was like, this is where I went to school as a kid. (laughs) He said, this was my homeroom, the one that we were staying in that had all the beds for all of us. So we had the dog, we had all of us. We weren't supposed to have the dog in there, but, and the kids had the run of this school. So, um, and and it was only used for local, people who knew each other it wasn't even used like as a hotel or anything um it was just for the locals up there so but it was closed down and but it was really neat because they had set up christmas decorations in the gymnasium so during the day we take the kids to go do stuff and at night they had the whole gymnasium to themselves of lit up blow up christmas decorations it was like a winter wonderland it was this town was doing this as kind of a christmas special and then they had cookies and people would come in and we just kind of keep the kids off to the side and so every night at for you know during this the three days we were there the kids would play pool there's a pool table in the cafeteria we used it was the home ec room too we used their pots and pans and dishes and everything and They had a TV with um, kid movies. I mean, it's just perfect. we're like, which booth should we sit in tonight? And which kitchen sink and cupboards and dishes should we use tonight? You know, and then right before bed, we'd let them, after they closed down the exhibit for the day of all the the blow-up. It was huge, too. The uh, blow-up Christmas decorations. We would just let them run through there. And they were very well-behaved kids. I mean, they didn't trash anything. And so we would just walk through the winter wonderland with them and it was it was so surreal. It was like the Lord was saying you're being faithful in this. And so I will be faithful and these kids will have one of the best Christmases they've ever had. And we bought them presents and then we went to their uh, Grandma's sister's place for Christmas up there, and had another Christmas there. And then when we got home on the twenty sixth or twenty seventh we had another Christmas at home um, because we did finally get our paperwork signed by the judge saying, yes, you guys have full temporary guardianship. and in you know, in a month, you can have another hearing. so, I'm going to end this here with December 31st. We're back at home. And the kids just kept saying, wasn't that the coolest Christmas ever? We had this whole big gymnasium. And it was it was the lighting and everything. The lighting was dimmed and they had music playing and there was cookies left over. They're just like, let the kids have the rest of the cookies after all the people left. And Oh, and we took them... Um, Uh, snow tubing and the place we took them snow tubing the attorney her office was like two doors down from this community shelter place and she said come with me you guys are gonna go tubing so we went after we left her office we went two doors down and she brought him in and she said to the lady at the desk she said you need to outfit all five of these guys to go tubing and she just looked at us and she, she said, it's all, it's all free. And most of the stuff was like new. And she said, just whatever you don't use or don't need, just drop it back off again. So we kept some of it for the kids because we didn't, all we had was their clothes that they kind of had grown out of from before. They didn't have much for winter clothes. And that was perfectly fine. So um, I do want to finish on kind of a sad note. I mean, it was fun and beautiful and, oh, it was so great. We got home and my little Tinkerbell, the little schnarky, schnauzer, Yorkie um, miniature dog that, that I had that we drug all over the place and had her since she was one years old and she was 14. It was December 31st. We had back, been back at home for three days and the kids were, three or four days, and the kids were taking their showers upstairs and getting ready for bed and that's usually about the time. You know, I had to go upstairs when they would take their showers because they, I didn't go in the bathroom with them, but they were, were afraid to shower alone. And so I was in the office with, with uh, Tinker and she was looking like she didn't feel good. So I had her on a little comforter. And I told the kids, take your showers, I'm upstairs here, I'm in the office, you know. And then the youngest one, the boy, I would go in and put my arm in and and dump water over his head and get all the shampoo out of his hair. They, they were so cute. But um it was really, really cold out when we got back, and I noticed that Tinker wasn't doing very well. And so the oldest one was in the shower. Tinker was laying on the on the uh, comforter and I looked at her and I said Tinker it looks like you're not doing very well and she couldn't even lift her head and she just kinda looked up at me and I said I think I think we're gonna be saying goodbye to you tonight and she just kept looking at me and so I bundled her all up in this comforter big comforter like like a big burrito and I was holding her, and she was very uncomfortable. So I laid her back down, and I shut the door. I told I told the kids, you know, don't come in. I'm working on some stuff. I'll be out in a minute. And they were doing their thing anyway. And so I just kept petting her, and I said, I think you're leaving, aren't you? You know, and she was just looking at me, and she died. Um. It was... It was quite, quite sad, but not too long after that, I was falling asleep one night and me and my daughter had had taken turns taking care of her. Like when I had to move, then she would take Tinker. And then when she had to move, then I would take Tinker. And we did this for like 13 and a half years. And she got her for me as a birthday present. And I'm like, it's because you want a dog. So we've shared her since day one when uh, my daughter was young, real young. And so at that time, um, you know, there was times over the years where I would be walking Tinker and the Lord would show me something, and I know this sounds weird, but the dog would confirm it. And I told my daughter, I said, I think Tinker's prophetic. (laughs) Um, well, there was one day when like six months earlier, um, we were still in the apartment before we got the house and I had a, I had a dream or a vision and I don't remember if I said it or not, but I was looking at Tinker and she was walking sideways, like crooked. And I'm like, why are you walking so weird? Well, when I took her out this night, December 31st, 2018, she couldn't go to the bathroom, and it was really cold out, and I was like, you need to go to the bathroom. You're going to be... And she, she always slept in her little zip-up bed. Like it was a travel bed thing. But she just felt better in there. And she walked sideways up to the steps, and I'm like, uh-oh. Uh-oh, I've seen that. So when, when she was laying upstairs on the comforter, I knew, I knew it was time. I knew it was. And there was other things that happened um, with her. But not too long after that, I was falling asleep. And I was still awake, but I was looking and I could feel it. I know this sounds funny, um, but I felt like I was in heaven. And I looked to my right and Tinker's face was right. She was so adorable. Oh, she was cute. Her face was right there looking in my face and she barked like right in my face. And she didn't, she wasn't a barker. She barked right in my face, like so close where she could just stick out her tongue and lick my face. And I opened my eyes and I'm like, that's it. She's in heaven. I know she is. I know she is. So... 10.45 1045 pm december 31st 2018 little Tinker Bell went to heaven. And the next morning I had to break the news to the kids and they were sad, but um, that is that is what happened. Um, so I'm going to end it there. I know that's kind of a sad note, but it's it was it was a Christmas to remember. I'll tell you what, I will never forget it. Every now and then I think about it. I mean fairly often. And the father now does not let me be in contact with the kids, but that's the way that goes. I'm not their total blood grandma. So there we go. That's today's episode. Next week we'll be starting on 2019. I pray you have a blessed day, and until then, keep professing Christ.